All right, Matt, I, I wanted to start out this week. I wanted to get your advice on something I think you know a lot about, car problems. This is, this is the situation <laughs> I'm facing, all right? First and foremost, I bought a car a couple years ago, and, and here in the United States, most cars, when you buy them, uh, three years, 36,000 miles, that's your standard warranty, right? So first question, Matt, when you're buying yep. a new car, and I'll just, you know, Honda, that's what I went with, just a very reliable yep. car. This is not flashy. You know, I'm a dad. I'm not looking to, to do anything exciting. I'm looking for, for something that's reliable, right, Honda? So it was, it was either that or a Camry. Right. Let's be honest. There was only <laughs> two choices. We all know what they are. I went with the Honda. All right. So first question, when you're, now I've already made this decision, but I want to say when you go back in time, three years, 36,000 miles, when you're sitting there with a finance person, they're pressing you to buy the extended warranty. What do you do? Do you buy the warranty, not buy the warranty, or do you have some other rubric that which you make these decisions? How much was the warranty? It's usually about two grand. I don't know. I didn't negotiate on it. On, on, I guess I'm leading a little bit here. I didn't end up doing it. But it's usually around like $2,000, $2, you know, plus or minus yeah. $500, depending on if you're like, you know, financing, and that, and that all the various three things. Years to five years or what? Yeah, it usually gives you uh, at least two more years, I believe, is what an extended warranty. And, I, and of course, there's some like mileage. I think it's up to 50000 is uh Yeah. Um, so what what is your uh, extended warranty uh, advice uh, on on buying I, a new car? I, I, and this is if it matters. This this was a new car. Yeah, uh, skip it. Skip it. All right, well, um, skip I, it because because the odds of you having a greater than thousand dollar repair each year for those two years probably not going to happen. Probably not, right? Probably not. So okay, that, that's my math. I agree. I think that, I think most uh, many people would say if if if. Unless you're buying peace of mind, which is of something of value, let's let's be honest. Sometimes it's nice to just not have to worry about stuff that probably financially not the greatest decision. All right, so here's the situation: my car has uh, less, significantly less than thirty six thousand miles. I just don't drive that much, especially with all the things going on for obvious <laughs> yeah, reasons. Yeah, go figure. Yeah. So uh, th- the car is uh, uh, three years, two weeks old. So two weeks, okay. three years plus two weeks. That is what gets me out of the warranty period but it has significantly low mileage. What's the most important thing if you have a car in Austin, Texas, Matt, in the summer? What is the number one thing that needs to be running? Absolutely. So we need to understand, like, I understand that other parts of the world, air conditioning is maybe not as mandatory as it is here in Texas. But in the summer, you really, I'm going to go so far as to say, you can just not drive a car without air conditioning. It is so physically hot, it's almost impossible. Air conditioning. That is what triggered buying my last two cars in texas right it's like it's almost better the car doesn't run rather than the air conditioner break because like it might as well not run if the air conditioner well you're broke. gonna find yourself driving around after midnight with the windows down <laughs> right so so my situation is i get the car in there and it, and it goes in all right so the first diagnosis is hey it's it needs to be recharged all right okay like, so That's a couple hundred dollars no, I'm 500, you know, all in, cool. but it's like, yep. you know, yep, yep. It's, it's quite a bit. I mean, but it's a lot. So, I'm, um, yeah, but it, I have to have it. So I they just, gotta find I, that leak I though, asked, right? so uh, they had the, the uh, color free on Matt, This is my question. Right. So I said to him, I said, <laughs> well, uh, there happened to be a recall on a specific part in this, in this instance. And I brought in that recall notice. I said, Hey, listen, this my car is exhibiting the sign. Looks like it's a problem. The car's very young. It's three years, two weeks old and doesn't have any, uh, significant mileage. So, they, they say it needs to be recharged, and they say um, that they cannot find the leak, right? Well, then I said to them, I said, okay, well, like, how else does – I was basically asking how the system works. My understanding is it's a closed system. It cannot leak. It just cannot leak. That's the whole point. So after going back and forth, 
they're ready to give it back to me. But I, I asked these questions and I, and I also asked like, can you make some type of adjustment? The car's not very old and things like that. So calls me back. He says, we put in some dye. I guess evidently they mm-hmm. put in dye inside this recharging thing. They ran it. He said, can I keep it and kind of run it for a while to see if we find the leak? I'm like, absolutely. So the yep. next day comes by and uh, now I'm in for 500, right? Cause that calls me back the next day. He says, uh, he's very nice, very nice young man. He says to me, he says, we luckily, good news, we found the leak after running it for a long period of time. They found it. I said, okay, All right. great. Good for that. said it's uh, the compressor. I don't know, yeah. or whatever. And said, I said, all right, great. Got to fix it. He's like, that's going to be two grand, right? All in two grand. <laughs> so what's your mental state right now? I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I know, like, like. Because, again, this is like it's like taking the it's the support call. Like, you know, the person you're talking to is not responsible for this. It is like when people are mad at computers and they are upset about their Internet and they are talking to a support tech on the other line. Right. It's like that support Mm -hmm. person is not does not hate you. They have not they do not personally dislike you paid enough to care. Right. It's just so you know that. But but at the same time, you're like, this feels unfair. I mean, as, as the a person on the other end, just like when your internet is down, like you feel like it is personal, even though it isn't. So mm-hmm. what's your next move here, man? I mean, I'm two grand. I'm getting, I'm looking at staring at this two grand bill. Not sure what to do. What do I do? Well, you can start driving after midnight. <laughs> All right. Drive the car. I'll leave that. All right. So this is what I said to him. I said, I, I was just, I just was awesome. I was like, I can't, you know, this, I'm very disappointed, right? I didn't yell or anything. I was just like, I'm very disappointed in this. I don't know what to say. I can't, you know, the car has really low mileage. Like, what can you do? He now reveals to me something I have never heard of before. There is such a thing as called a goodwill repair upon which mm-hmm. you can make an appeal to the manufacturer and say, I am very close to my warranty period. Would you please, out of the kindness of your heart, you know, uh, fix this and consider it under a warranty, right? So he says right. to me, I'm going to make a goodwill appeal. And, of course, I say, that sounds like a great idea. Y- you're damn right you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, girl, that's right. You ordered the code red. All right. So so today, Matt, they uh, they come back yes. to me. What would you like to think? What would you like to think my uh, the status of my goodwill ap- appeal was? Denied. No, I did. <laughs> really? So I, I said they came back, at least as I understand it, Said that I will be responsible for some part of the of the repair cost. Uh-huh. He started with two grand. He says I'll be responsible for two hundred dollars. And I said to him, Oh wow, wow! I now, said, now, do you have to pick up the the two year extended warranty also, or <laughs> no, no? Just can, can you it. buy that? Like, because I'm looking down. I I got uh, uh, my my uh, my one of my children goes through phones at a rapid clip. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, new one every nine months. Oh, um, wow. Broken screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not good with electronics. Um, and she decided she needed an iPhone and not, okay. not even the SE. She wanted like a more expensive version Ooh, model. Okay. Well, you got to go Apple and, here, Apple care, hundred percent. Right. I know, but the Apple care is so like, you know, you're, you pay it's hundred bucks, like, 200, right? 200 bucks now. Is that much and, is? Wow. and then you still pay $50 for any incident. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it used to be like free. And so now you're looking at. Minimum of two hundred and fifty dollars out, and the cost of a new screen less than two hundred fifty dollars. 
I will tell you this, and maybe I am uh, kind of back to the beginning of the segment here, right? When I talked about uh, just, you know, it's just basically um, you're buying peace of mind. I buy Apple Care on every single one of these devices. And I think on two or three of the phones I've had, I have basically taken it in and they've given me like another one. For some, okay. like, and, and it's not even broken. I have not only broken one screen on all my phones. Now, I, I, I yep. think with children, that's, you know, I get it. Oh, that's yeah. That's going to break yeah, yeah. a lot. But there seems to be, like, if you keep them for, you know, because you basically get that second year, about the 20th, 22nd month, right? I even kind of, like, take inventory of it, maybe as I should have done with my car. Like, sort of, like, you kind of, like, reboot it, like, look at it. Like, are you seeing anything weird? Because you can just walk right in. They'll give you something new. Uh, and also the other thing is I've been on a trip and it's like, oh man, I'm screwed. You know, I broke, I, I think I had the same kind of problem. I just walked in, they gave me a new one. So I don't know. I feel like on the iPhones I've had, if you will, bad luck in the sense that I have had issues with the phone, but good luck yes. in like using the warranty. So in the case of, uh, and I don't know, I think, I think Apple has this other idea. I know people, I've heard of people like breaking their screen, like, like kind of like the, the, the idea of like they buy it, they walk out of the store and they break the screen somehow that Uh there is like Apple will, you know, I guess we'll kind of put it in this category. They'll do a goodwill, you know, refair. Like if you break it immediately, I think they will often give you like a new one, right? They will. All right. All right. So, so we're kicking this show off based on the premise that Apple is always out for the, the benefit of the customer. (laughs) Well, we're going to get there in just a second. So, (laughs) so where I was going. So, uh, so um, the goodwill warranty. So I don't know. So my bottom line here is this is something I learned. It's like, you should always ask for the goodwill, uh, uh, treatment. I don't know. I mean, I haven't gotten the car back, but everything seems to be good. And I will also say like, I thought just from a general business standpoint, because we, we talk about this stuff all the time is like, you know, making customers happy and like, you know, car dealers are, are always doing this thing. Like they send you a note on your birthday and they reach out to yep. you like, how's it going? Yep. And they like come drive our new car. But I always think it's like, Christmas these car. are the moments like, this is the moment I really care. My car is broken. Yes, I did not technically buy this warranty, but this is the moment you can demonstrate to me that you really are a company that's going to like, you know, invest in me, if you will, take care of me. Yeah. Because when, uh, and I even got this loaner car and it's a CRV. My wife wants a new CRV. And I was like, I think this will help us probably maybe, you know, if everything goes well and I get the car back and only pay $200 that, hey, I probably will have some customer loyalty. And, spend and, thirty uh, grand on a CRV. Yeah, so I mean, so we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> but I thought like, it's a good lesson about like, hey, these are people. This is the moment people really care. I don't really care about the birthday email message or all the other kind of yeah. like frivolous things. It's like you have the opportunity to demonstrate to me. So, so we'll see. We'll see what what happens. So yeah, the lesson there is always. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, with things outside of cars. Even like I don't know. Maybe there's a goodwill warranty for everything. So always ask about the well, goodwill warranty. I mean, and, and that's kind of what my job is, <laughs> you know? So like, you know, the, the thing I do for, for chef is, is I'm what they call a, a customer success, uh, um, architect. And, you know, essentially like we're just there to make sure the customers are having a good time with the software <laughs> and, you know, and then when renewal comes around, they're like, Oh, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know if we're using it. I'm like, well, we actually you are using it and we've helped you use it. And, you know, we've made sure like all your bugs got addressed and, you know, so, uh, it, it's, it's buying the customers that peace of mind that they're getting value for their software. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it's not more prevalent in the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, but or, you're, what you're hitting yeah. on, I think, is so true. Is like if I'm having a problem with your software, 
And I don't know how it works in your case. A lot of times it's like, did you buy the support contract? Are you, uh, or if you didn't, like, will you do some type of professional services to have someone like yourself come up? But it's like, to your point, it's like, these are the moments when the customer is really, you know, if you will jammed up, they have a big problem. Something's not going well. Like it is not the time to ask for money, right? It's the time to go in, like (laughs) send that Ray, go in, fix it for them. And then just what you said there, right? Buy the goodwill, create the goodwill such that when they come up for renewal, they, they remember that, right? They think to myself, thank you, Matt, for coming in. And these people understand me. So I think it is like every support, like if we treated that if as an industry, if we treated, treated every support case as an opportunity to uh, explicitly create loyalty and win a renewal, I, I just can't think to myself how much better the industry would be, right? And, I, and I've been in companies on both sides that make it very hard for uh, companies to get support if they're not, if they haven't paid it, right? That's one of the big things Like you haven't paid. I can't help you get professional services. And then, you know, other companies. And I think maybe that's often like a SaaS model because of the subscription nature is like, no, you call us, I'm helping. Like I'm here to the end, right? Um, And I think Zappos is the one that made that famous. You call me with any problem here at Zappos, I'll get you a pizza. I'll figure out how to do it. Now, maybe that's extreme, but um, just the idea, it's probably something we should all do more of. Like, that's how you create the renewal. It's not like, don't send me more PowerPoint decks. Like, just like the, <laughs> the, the uh, don't send me a newsletter. Don't send me, you know, a piece of content at a random time and expect me to be loyal about that. Help me at the, a moment of crisis, win me for life. That, that would be yeah. my, my suggestion. Yeah. Now, well. talk about winning for life. Winning a group of the next generation <laughs> Talk about winning fans in the next generation. Breaking, breaking news. Unbelievable. We recorded late last night just so this could happen. Apple has just now kicked Fortnite off the App Store as of, I don't know, like an hour ago. So 5 p.m. Central Time. Now, I went to my Fortnite expert, my son. I I, I said, (laughs) and I said to you, like, who do you come down on? I, I said, why, which, which side of this do you come down on? Are you on like the Apple side or the Fortnite is, side? Is he Are playing you, on an Apple device? He, he does. He does. He is not. He has the PC version too, but he does also yeah, play. Okay. And he, he was immediately like, I'm on Fortnite. He's like, I'm free Fortnite. I was like, oh, I yeah. get it. Didn't even hesitate. Then, and we should get into this. So it looks like what has happened here. Verge did a great job breaking it down. Is It looks like Fortnite deliberately put out an update that, if you will, uh, wor- uh, issues a workaround to buy V-Bucks, basically the Fortnite currency, in their yep. own store. And it looks like, from what I can tell, it looks like Fortnite, very calculated, did this on purpose. The reason we I know mean, that... they had their commercial ready. <laughs> the reason we know yeah. that is Apple kicks them off. Or, uh, and I guess to be clear here, it's like you can still play Fortnite if you have the app. I don't think it will yep. get any updates, um, but you can't download Fortnite. So that's number one. And then number two is uh, the reason we know that Fortnite was thinking ahead is that they released, I think, a fantastic parody commercial of the uh, iconic Apple commercial where he throws what I guess it's like throws the mallet. Oh, I had to explain this commercial to my kids the I, other day. I did too. Like, yeah, and uh, you know, I actually dragged it up on YouTube. Like, okay, there was this company called IBM, <laughs> and, and you know. And they're like, I've never heard of this company. It's like, well, you should go to airports more. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, I had to explain all the context for this. And they're like, Apple wasn't like the biggest company on the planet. And I was like, oh, 
Oh, you young children. <laughs> no, I had, the whole, I had the same thing. I had to explain to him first about the reference of IBM. And of course, you know, I even, you know, back in the day, worked at IBM and he's just like, what? Like, you know, it's just that's in itself is crazy to him. And then two, um, you know, I ex- explained the book 1984. Like, this is a book you maybe you'll read later in high school or something or, you know, elementary or uh, middle school, whatever. Uh, so, but I think, and it, back to, I guess, what, the reason we know Fortnite was ready for this is they had this parody commercial upon which it's the same thing, but now Apple is the uh, the one in like kind of the overlords and then they have a Fortnite character come in and throw i think he's got like a unicorn you know one of the unicorn uh staffs or something and throw that into the uh the actual uh, um you know big glass and break it down and then they come up and they show a nice message and they end on like a free Fortnite um campaign and again i would say you know again survey sample of one Young people, the young people are 100% on the side of Fortnite because the young people, oh, yeah. they want V-Bucks. In my house, you don't get V-Bucks easily. It is, it is, it pains me to buy this kind of V-Bucks stuff, so it doesn't happen much, but they want V-Bucks and they want cheaper V-Bucks. That, mm. that I think they have calculated. So, so what do you, I don't know, where do you come down on this? Uh, what's your take? Uh, should, are we on, what are we, I guess we need to know, where do we stand? I'm a huge Apple fan. I'm an Apple developer. I've got Apple apps. Yeah. Love it. Are we free Fortnite people or are we Apple people? Like, where, where are we yeah, going to come down on this? But, but your, your, list, your, uh, your users have to pay the, the Apple tax when they buy those Brandon bucks. That's true. Right? That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm probably on the side of Epic um, in the fact that I think the, the 30% tax – for being on the Apple platform seems a bit high. I mean, Epic's already taken it to Steam um, previously, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Steam was pay, t- put in a 30% cut of everything that went through the Steam store, and the Epic's game site undercut that pricing too, right? So Epic's, um, and not to say that like you know they're they're angels in this. So, you know they give uh, uh, you know, if you use the Epic engine the the Unreal Engine, you get you know premium placement and you know, but <clears throat> the point is, I, I think uh, downward pricing pressure for these platform stores is probably better for the consumer, which I know is a, a slippery slope as you get into all sorts of you know other monopolistic practices. Um, but I think I, I, I I've long thought that the thirty percent platform cost was a bit high all right so and, question then now yeah. this, this is maybe the the bigger part we have to tease apart are we okay with the app store as it is but we're just unhappy we're basically arguing about the percentage like 30 percent is feels really kind of egregious you know kind of they've gone yeah, a little yeah. bit further but like like are we okay at 15 percent? are we okay at 10 percent? five percent? is there like a number that well, we get to I, no, or is, are we philosophically thing. opposed to this like no hey if i want like compete in the market because the other position would be here compete in the market make your payment system so good that you earn your uplift right where people are like i don't want to buy i don't want to use this uh, integrated bad uh payment thing that the app built i'll just want to use you know apple pay because it's simple and it's a lot easier and can and the conversions are a lot faster right because that would be the other position is like just make it a level playing field and then apple should just try to make its payment subscription service so good that it's worth the 30% tax or whatever they wanted to actually charge for it. Well, how, how is buying V bucks different from spending money at Amazon? Well, this I mean, is the real, it, it's know, virtual. If, if, that's if, the, that is the real oh, nuance. Sure, it's virtual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a slippery it's a digital too, good, right? You know, 
as far as I know, right now, V-Bucks are only used in Fortnite. But what if I can turn around and spin them in the Epic Store? Oh. Right. First and of now, all, you know, let me let me jump in here. It's like I think that's a great argument, but let's not have that happen because that's going to create a whole other <laughs> set of issues for the parents out there. We don't. I don't want yeah, V bucks yeah. to become some kind of Bitcoin real currency that I have that's to manage exactly. in real life. Right. I'm out on that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because then you get all sorts of weird incentives. I mean, because we got some V bucks when we bought our PlayStation, and then I think I bought like ten bucks of V bucks. So. Uh, my Fortnite account could have the season pass, and then if you play enough. just a little bit of Fortnite, yeah. you, you earn get... enough V bucks to get the next season pass. Yep. And as long as you're not buying funny hats, you know you can kind of keep that season pass going in perpetuity, without even having to play that much. I play, you know, maybe once a week. Um, so I still think there needs to be, uh, I don't know, like a, a cap. Or, you know, something like, you know, Apple can have, you know, 30% of the first $10 or something. Or, you know, if, if you have this payment system open in the app, why should Apple always get a cut of everything? Yeah. Uh, well, I think you know, I come down well, I think, on this. I think I come yeah. down to this. Uh, like, one, I think I'm going to go the other way. As the I'm going to speak for all the indie developers here just trying to get started. One, I think for the first $1,000, $10,000, whatever, pick us number. Like, hey. You know, there's they don't take anything on that. Like you're just getting going, no, trying no, to get no, something no. good. I, I I think they should be upfront. I no, think, I'm just I'm just saying like you want to like listen. There are so many go. people like myself trying to build apps, just trying to get going. Like, do you really need to take thirty percent of my of my hard earned thousand yes. dollars and I'm trying to get my app off the ground? Like, do you really need yeah. that? Like that three hundred dollars is actually real money to me. And no, to I Apple, know, it doesn't even. It's not even a rounding error. It's less than but, a rounding but, error. But the point is most of Apple's effort is supporting the long tail mm -hmm. and the long tail is those, you know, tens of $500. Can I talk to you $500, Matt? Five, first $500 free. Get a no, no vig on the first 500. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying once you cross a number, you open it up. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just feel, I feel like, yeah, you should get some kind of like, we're not going to take any money from some low amount. And then at some point they say, okay, when you get to this level, we're going to, you, you pay, this amount, and I do think though, because they cut the deals for the largest, you know, groups like Netflix for a while and others. It's like, okay, if they're making tens of millions of dollars. It seems completely fair that 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 money it would be a graduated thing. They would come down and charge only ten percent or fifteen percent, some something smaller. Because I think there is a point where where a company faces like it is better for them to go out and build their own payment system and they can make it good. So like why, why even fight over that? Just make the percentage such that it's, it's a reasonable cost of doing business for a very large internet provider of playing some gaming service or streaming service well, or whatever. And, and, and it's just to be clear, if, if Epic removes the ability to buy V bucks, that's okay. Yeah. You know, from inside the game, Yes, but it was the end game purchases that, that uh set it off because it's it's free to play i i don't know i you know supporting that long tail of small people that's <laughs> that's to me that's the value of the apple store is weeding out the the spam and junk mm -hmm. right and no i do i, I actually mean, I, like the curated part of the apple store and i also think I, on the other I, side that's what i appreciate yeah, yeah I, do. I do also and as someone that you know has played around and built apple apps like listen i was never going to build a payment system they could have made the i mean they could have made it 50 percent. like i was never you know what i mean like zero it, to me like anything more than zero is fine i'm just like fine i'm gonna try to do it i can't build a payment system i can't manage all this stuff so 
Like I have no choice. I'm just like, take whatever you want and I'm just going to try to make it work. So there is at the lower end, it's most people would never build a payment system, couldn't build a payment system. So in that sense, it's like whatever they wanted, whatever they think they want is, is like, you just have to deal with it. I don't think you can even complain about it. So, all right. So I will just leave it on this though. It's like, Hey, we talked a lot about the, Hey, email service. And that's about people trying to get email. And that group of people, no matter how passionate the 37 Signals base camp people are, they are nothing compared to the Fortnite of fans. <laughs> like, they won't, I mean, you, I don't know, DHH, I saw the other day, he is like, quote unquote, like went to Europe, I think, and took a vacation from Twitter and everything. One, I'm going to be interested to see if he comes back in on this, because this seems like his world. But like, it doesn't even matter. Like, what they're arguing about, they are not even a, they are a minor footnote in this uh, war, uh, because I think it is at this point a war. Like, you're taking on pretty much all the teenage uh, boys and girls that love uh, Fortnite and obviously plenty of adults. And I, I think it is, I do think in this case, Fortnite has picked the right time. They're like, this is the moment oh, yeah. the antitrust uh, regulations and antitrust hearings just ended. They forced Apple to do it. They're going to make a huge stink about it. And their fans and the people and the kids and the parents, therefore the kids and the parents are going to know about it right away that if they can't download Fortnite, there's going to be held to pay. So I, I don't know. I'm going to predict that I think Fortnite wins here. I think they find a way to to make uh, Apple quote unquote bend the knee. So that's I mean, that's my uh, my my hot take of the week. What's your prediction? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think Epic in the long run wins um, because you know they'll be they've got the kids on their side. Um, <laughs> you know, there's already the grumblings about about Apple, and you know they they got off relatively scot-free and, you know, I think, I think, you know, Google's probably the most at risk. Um, and you know, Google's knee jerk reaction was to just kill a bunch of products. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think Apple is not, you know, they, they, they're unloved by the, uh, the Trump administration because of the encryption stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're a convenient, company to kick around and then you know the young people will uh the fortnite players will come down on the side of of epic so uh i i think i think eventually they will come to some sort of agreement uh if i had to play place a bet all right well the other that, news that comes out that that ends with you being able to buy v bucks without an apple tax that's i think right. that's the end i think there's gonna be a way there that's true and and basically can they find a way to uh to save face. Well, the other, you know, huge news in the world of uh, streaming, because now that we're streamers, Matt, we got to talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're in, uh, we're not on TikTok yet, but it's only a matter of time. So TikTok, you know, oh, please as, don't put me on TikTok. as we, uh, <laughs> as we know, TikTok likely going to be sold, you know, um, I don't know. I don't want to get into like, I like why it's being sold and how it's being sold. It seems like a lot of people yeah. covering that. But the thing that I, I thought was interesting here from our take on it was, Facebook came out and they have introduced Reels and Reels is a a clone of TikTok. Like and so this is uh, I think is interesting because I've certainly worked at many software companies. I've seen some features I like and some other stuff blatantly yep. like stolen it. Like I mean it happens oh, sure. all the time. I'm like listen, I have no problem about it uh, doing it. I've done it. I've seen it done to me. Ugh. It's the way the world works. We get it. But I have rarely seen something that is, this is like um, making, remaking a great movie, like Citizen Kane or something, right? <laughs> like, you know when someone makes a shot-for-shot shot remake, and you're like, hmm. uh-huh. 
you're like, I, you can do that. You're like, you can do that. Makes sense. But you're like, I just don't know yeah. we needed that. Like, and it's also kind of like, kind of weird. Like when it's a, an exact copy of it. So reels, which is embedded in Instagram in this very weird way. I think it's kind of hard to find and confusing, but let's set that aside for a second. But it that'll, is, that'll make it popular. It was, uh, it is just strange. Like I just had this feeling of when I was playing with it, it's like, it is a hundred percent a clone. I mean, it is like almost down to like the fonts, everything. There's almost nothing wow. different. So I don't know. I just, it just gave me like a weird feeling. It's like, I'm not against this, but it's like, I don't know. It did, it did kind of, it didn't sit right with me, I guess. And I don't have like a philosophical like objection to it. I'm just more like, I'm not so sure. Like you should ever like just do like a, in this case, a pixel for pixel remake of an existing app uh, and release it because it does leave you with like a weird kind of icky feeling. Like you didn't do anything here. Like you didn't even like, you didn't even try to put your own taste uh, uh, or, or take on it. So I don't know. So this is, I was trying to think, have we ever seen something? I mean, obviously you can fork stuff. In open source, that would be maybe right, the equivalent. Right. But I was just trying to think of like, has anything ever happened like this enterprise software where somebody is just literally pixel for pixel, it is exactly the same. Well, spe- especially not in enterprise software. I mean, I, I remember like a company we worked at previously that there were like stupid things in the UI that they're like, oh, you can't do that because so and so owns a patent on that. And I was like, really? That's so obvious. You're all right. But so, so we never really, well, for one, we definitely never like looked at a competitor, did our, our, you know, copy and paste of, you know, their UI and, and made a product out of it. Um, so it was always like, you know, we tried to be greatly inspired by the competition, you know, but I mean, even, even in like Microsoft's heyday of fast following, they, they never, it never, you know, you know, nobody ever looked at Internet Explorer and they're like, man, it's, you know, it's Netscape with, you know, with an eye with a different logo. You know, nobody ever came to that because they always put their own spin on it. Um, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to put it down right now. I'm I'm not going to use Instagram reels. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, Mark Zuckerberg, there, just, there you have it. Protest yeah. of one by Matt Ray. Protest well, of one. I do. Um, we won't use TikTok either. As you were talking there, I was like, I don't know. Maybe we'd have to go back in time and see, like, you know, uh, you know, I think Internet Explorer, you know, obviously potentially the Netscape. Maybe we'd go back to like WordStar or WordPerfect and Word. But even those. Um, but I agree. Like, were, there was always like yeah. a nugget of like they took a lot of the same functionality, but they packaged it in a way that they thought was better. Or if not even better, or I should say just yeah. different, right? A way that they thought right. was. And I think that's like, if you will, it's more like, you know, maybe it's like, jazz versus like playing someone's exact same music it's like you're inspired by it but then you do something a little bit different so i don't know this one i just i just i do think it's going to really backfire though in some ways it's like i don't because they did this pixel for pixel copy it's like it just doesn't feel like it's gonna take off like you just it doesn't feel even with instagram you you, you sound like a a snapchat product manager it's like no there's no way i do i I mean i agree like i mean i'm not against this stuff i do it all the time too i'm just i'm just like there's like i guess i've reached my own limit of like listen hey i don't care if i take something from you i'm switching the fonts at least i'm like no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna make it slightly different um but I do think this, this is the other thing. Now, Microsoft buying TikTok, I think a lot of the, I do think you're going to see yeah. is, 
and we've seen this many times, is like TikTok is really the the land of the youth at this point. But I do think did you could Microsoft see Microsoft already got rid of one streaming platform <laughs> and gave it to Facebook. That's right, they did oh, that. Man. Well, but I, I think this is what I do think TikTok though has uh, some legs on um, the business, more adult side, and, and you can almost like the Facebook uh, uh, space. Facebook a vacation, I don't know, occasion. I don't know, I can't make it a verb. But anyway, like Facebook has kind of become like, you know, more mainstream and maybe old people use it too much or whatever, whatever people think. I think TikTok has this idea that I think it will be invaded by adults making a various different kinds of videos that aren't dancing. So I think that has like real legs. So whoever buys it, I think I think there's been some uh, talk that Twitter would buy it and they probably don't have enough money. But I actually do call think it Vine. I would like <laughs> I would like Twitter to buy it and ruin it like that. Like if someone's going to ruin it, I think I think Twitter will ruin it in a fun, entertaining way. I think Microsoft would potentially just like let it languish and it would just kind of fade away and we'd be bored with it. Whereas Twitter, there'd be like a tremendous um, uh, discussion about like what they should do and then they won't do it. Like they'll, they'll make the videos like exactly 140 seconds and never move off it or something like that. And it will just be this spectacular implosion that would get all the joy. So I'm rooting for Twitter to somehow buy it. I know that won't happen, um, but that's what I want to see. Yeah, I I don't I don't even care. <laughs> it's like I, I mean, uh, it just it's not my world. Even my kids are kind of like I'm not sure I want the Chinese having my MAC addresses, right? <laughs> and then of course you know with the the household paranoia spir- spirals into well. How is that different from the U.S. government having all your information? Yeah, yeah. well, that's a whole other rat hole. It's just like, I don't you know, that part of it is just it's less interesting for me to talk about. All right, Matt, let's get out of what you don't care about. Let's get on what you do care about. <laughs> Data dog, monitoring. This if We're not the number one monitoring podcast in the world. I don't know who who is. So two things have happened this week around, yes. or really three things in the world of Datadog. And as I've been saying many times, the world of monitoring at this point, the only lens to look at it through is Datadog. Everybody that's in monitoring, if you're a monitoring company, you're complaining to everyone about how your product is just as good as Datadog and you're not getting the credit. And uh, and if you're somebody that doesn't have monitoring, you're talking about, you know what we should do? We should buy Datadog. So a couple of things happen here. One, Datadog, as we've been talking about, highly valued. I think last week it was well over $20 billion. We talked about it. They announced yep. earnings. They beat their own expectations. But as only the, uh, the earnings gods do, they still got punished because they got punished for not making money fast enough, not growing at the faster rate. So this happens, I think, to a lot of companies. But in the world of monitoring, I feel like this there's a ceiling, right? I feel like this is something we've seen that many, many times. There's always going to be the next monitoring company is the company is going to be worth $50 billion. But if we've seen anything in the monitoring space, and I'm just calling it monitoring, do not email me about observability and all this other nonsense. I'm putting that to the side. I don't want to talk about that. World of monitoring, we know most companies have a ceiling. It's like a, I think it's somewhere like the 5 to $8 billion. That's about how big these companies can really get. Anything right. beyond that, like, and you're going to say you're going to quote unquote grow into that valuation, has never happened. Like, right, I, I, there's, I, there's always like the next startup that takes what you do, halves the price, you know, puts a little spin on it, and there's just this natural attrition, this natural ceiling of what you can do with monitoring 
Because someone will undercut you because it's not that hard. A hundred percent. That is a hundred percent. But everybody feels like, no, no, they're the next one. And we could go through it. Merck, you're interactive. Like go all the way back in time, right? BMC has tried many times. CA, like there's this natural thing you get to. So, so Datadog comes down on that, right? I'm sure they're at least internally to their investor relations. They're like, we're going to be the next Salesforce. We're going to grow to be, you know, whatever, $200 billion company. So they come down on that. Then, Today, again, breaking news, just in time for the recording. I see a rumor comes up that Datadog is then up today on a rumor that Salesforce.com is considering buying them for $20 billion, which is basically about what their fair market. I should let me correct that. It's not their fair market value. That's the valuation (laughs) as a about what they currently are valued at in the stock market, depending on the given day. So, my question to you, Matt, we're in the room, we're advising the Datadog executive team. We're also collecting a very handsome fee for doing this. Uh, oh, and oh, um, yes. what Sell. are we going to? <laughs> what What are we going to advise the Datadog executive team to do with the Salesforce offer? Uh, shop it around. Okay. Yeah. So you put it on the street. <laughs> so mean, we did that. So first, Matt, you know, that's the first thing I mean, we did. Obviously, this this leaked. You, you know, leak so it. First thing you do is we leak it. We got it out there. Yeah. It's leaked. It's on. We, it's we on all it. the podcasts. It's on the number one yeah. monitoring podcast in the world. It's being discussed. Now, what yeah, do we do? Yeah. Are we, are you we, talk, you, you talk up potential alternate suitors, even though there's no way, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, well, I hear Oracle's going to do it for 30 million. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, right? and, and Cisco, you throw Cisco in there Oracle. too. You're like, Cisco is probably going to get on this. <laughs> They've already too. got AppD. They've already got AppD. You know, but like, I, that's what I hear. I hear Cisco word on the street is they, they may need oh, to refresh AppD. Yeah. You know, that, you would just start uh, saying this kind of stuff. This is what we do, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you shop it around mm-hmm. um, and, and you privately, you know, you, you privately kind of tell the, uh, um, but what are we telling our iBaker? So we're sitting with it. We're in the meeting with our investment banker. We're like, and he's like, he's like, are we going to do a deal? He's like, are we really doing a deal here? Are you just trying to shop this? You you tell them, all right, they told us 20, you tell them back channel. If they bring in 24, I don't know, something like that. Cause you know, this funny money anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you tell them we'll stop shopping it around and just shut it down. If you hit this number, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you need to make sure that what's our number, enough. what is our number at? What are, what's our walk? Like, Hey, you bring back this number. I sign it. Well, our number, Matt, I, let me just interject. Let me just enter, answer my own question. Our number is 30 billion. We go back to them. Whoa. We go back to our, our investment bank. And we say, listen, we do this deal at $30 billion. We're good. And then we make the argument. They they're getting it cheap. They're getting the Salesforce.com of monitoring right now at $30 billion. It's going to be worth $100 billion in five years. That's the case that we, we tell our investment <laughs> wait, banker, wait, wait, wait. we send him out there with that number. Then he wait, leaves. Wait, wait. Matt, then he leaves. the monitoring podcast because we just said that you can't get past 50 million. I know. I know. I, listen, Matt. Hey, don't, Matt, don't you use my words against me. Uh, so, but Matt, I'm just saying. So we tell our <laughs> iBanker that's what we want and we send him out. But then it's just you and I talking. And we say to yeah. ourselves, you know what we're going to take? We're going to... Like we'd be happy if we get twenty five billion. In worst case, we're gonna take the number that we're gonna take the twenty billion right now. Right right now we're gonna take it as it is. Like if we go if they come back, they play hardball and we can't get above twenty billion dollars, we're gonna take that money and we're gonna take no, it all off I, the table. I, I, I think I think, you know, if if you're if you are data dog, you you know what your ARR looks like. ARR Mm-hmm. That is that is magic. That right. you know because it's not like it's not a software license. It's a renewable thing. Yep. You're running a SaaS. You know, you know that if you're making right. let's define it for everyone. Annual recurring revenue. That's the magic yeah, we're talking about recurring. here. Yep. That that flywheel 
you know, it's spinning and that is, that is money. But Matt, this is what we have to say. Like Matt, we right now, everyone sees the flywheel running. Everyone likes our ARR, but we know. So, so, so what is the multiple? I was going to say, that's the point, Matt. Like we know, this is what we know. We know because we talked about at the beginning that we know that there is a ceiling on how big this really gets for monitoring companies. We are oh, not like we in our private moments, Matt, different. Matt, no, 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 Matt, in our <laughs> private moments when it's just you and I talking, we know because we have seen the history of monitoring. You know what the number one monitoring platform in the world is? It's not yes. You know what's going to be in 10 years? Not yes. We know right now <laughs> there is a natural ceiling on what the revenue growth can really be. And now is our moment to lock in our profits forever and to go out heroes. We sell this what? for $20 billion. We go out heroes. We're not going to be the Instagram guy that gave it away for a billion. Now it's worth $100 billion. We're going to be the guy that, hey, we sold this at $20 billion, and in five years, it probably be worth about the same or even a little less if we're really honest right, with right. ourselves. But it, if you look at it as, as an investment, you know that – I mean you know it has a cap, but mm-hmm. you also know it's not going to depreciate, right? Oh, I think it is. I think in five years – look at New Relic right now. What's New Relic worth? $5 billion. What's SolarWinds worth? Five no, no, no. eight but, billion dollars. But 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 they're probably if they were private, right? They it would just be like this is a money fund. No, I right? no, I would year, say, I'm going the other way. Like year, this we, is we the moment. The same they're, amount of money. They are now riding. We, if we invest less in it. You know, <laughs> we don't have to invest more in it. We can maintain the status quo. And you know, if we if we put down, you know, if we put down twenty twenty five billion dollars today, mm-hmm. and ten years, we're going to look at that and say. We made a 15% return year over year on that investment, and that's awesome. I'm just going to, I'm at, listen, I'll leave, I'm going to go back to this. Like, Datadog is at a point, it's priced to perfection. I do not believe the monitoring market ultimately supports a valuation that they can grow into at this rate. So, my strong advice is you have the opportunity right now, especially with Salesforce. I think Salesforce is an ideal place to go. Because I think that yeah. stock, because that's really what you're trading. It's going to be, like you said earlier, it's all funny money. What do you want for the next 10 years? You want Datadog going to the loan or you want to go ahead and like convert all your Datadog stock to Salesforce stock, right? Essentially just ride both, both trains there, right? It's like I got some yep. CRM, I got this cloud platform they got over there, Heroku and other, yeah. all the other yeah. stuff Heroku, and I got yeah. monitoring, yeah. right? Like why not say this is going to make us more money and you're going, I also think it's from the founder standpoint, all right. you all go right. out a hero, you go out like all everyone's going to say. And an island. <laughs> and an island. All right, all right. All right. Well, listen, you heard it here first. If I'm Datadog, I, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, if I was the, the, the team running Datadog, I, this is the moment. Take your money. Now, the other thing that they did this week, because you're seeing the other track is, I don't know, this happened a few weeks ago. They did acquire uh, Undefined Labs, which is like a small tuck-in acquisition, probably going to be very good, that they're going to make the case that they'll buy small companies, create tuck-in acquisitions, complete their product line, and help grow it over time. So that would be the case to go forward that they can grow this up. I think without making a um, much larger acquisition, it's going to be hard to grow in. So that's why that would be, I'm like, hey, I love it. Let's, let's keep built doing that, but let's just do it over at Salesforce. Let's build our product, make it great there. So I don't know, Datadog, Good luck. Good luck with your decision, Data Doug. And of course, yep. you know that I'm right because um, you know I, I'm, I continue just to work in product management and like all the startups where I've worked, uh, we either went out of business or sold way too early. So there's really you know. So you, of course, I, I, I my I track record's 100 percent success. Amount of stock in monitoring startups that someday 
<laughs> that's some that's right we matt we, we have worked at all the wrong ones we have clearly worked mm. at all the wrong ones mm. um, one day one day i'll get my money back <laughs> <laughs> all right uh a couple other things here um first matt what, what's your take so there was some talk last week or the weeks before you know istio we we, we kind of covered that with google at least keeping the trademark onto themselves so microsoft has launched Open service mesh based on Envoy. So is this just straight up, hey, we're going to go ahead and go to build something different than Istio? Is that as simple as that? Or is this, you know, just a, another, you know, another open source project we'll just keep an eye on and see if it gets traction? Like, what's your take? Well, if, 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 if Istio hadn't gone, if, if, if Istio had gone to the CNCF, would we be seeing the open service mesh? Um I don't know, right? Because because it's, I, I I think I think they probably still would have put it to the CNCF because um, they obviously were pretty far along. Well, obviously they were pretty far along in this process. Uh, um, maybe maybe they would have been denied the opportunity to donate it. Uh, so you know the, this article from from TechCrunch doesn't explicitly call out. Um, you know, the uh, Istio actions. Um, but I, I fully expect there to be like a, you know, a genericized Istio, you know, coming down a similar path just so it's like, okay, well, fine. You know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take the Istio rub off the, uh, the serial numbers and, and call it this, or, you know, we implemented it and, you know, we didn't. We did not do the uh, the TikTok uh, Facebook version of it, but uh, <laughs> you know it's it's close <laughs> enough that you could drop it in because we agreed on some APIs and uh, you know let the best license thing win. Um, so I, I mean, I'm happy to see it. I'm always happy to see someone like kind of throwing in the you know, well, if if you think you're going to make money off this, I'll I'll spoil your party. Um, so you know, I guess good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Well, if you haven't seen it, make sure to go look at uh, Kelsey Hightower's latest GitHub project called Mesh M E S H. Uh, the links is yes. it's under nonsense, I think as well. I'm not going to say anything more about it because I think it's just funny when you click on it. It gives you like it's uh, it's quite humorous. So, so I don't know. Yeah, my take is like, yeah, I don't know if this is the one that's like quote unquote everyone's going to rally around for Istio, but I just assume it's coming. I I assume that because uh, what we got the big uh, CNCF conference coming up here soon enough that somebody will announce something, right? I'll be but, like, this is the new one. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm, uh, maybe I, I, I just don't have the, the business vision, but I see a hard time monetizing that part of the stack. You know, I mean, of course, you know, I, I thought it would be hard to, no, I, I think it's hard to monetize that part of the stack. <laughs> well, this kind of gets into another issue. I think a lot of, you know, I've, I've seen various people talking about like, you know, Google's hired various different executives. I see all these various things like, you know, people are joining from various competitors. I guess Brian Hall was one of the latest people coming. I think he came from like, AWS. Yeah, um, yeah. And, finally allowed to join. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so kind of the question is like, can he fix it? And there's kind of all these things. And so. You know, I, I think maybe not talked about in the Istio thing is is just maybe the, the more important thing about like it doesn't matter. It's like maybe Google's fighting the old war. It's like it doesn't really matter at this point, like the service mesh. Like everyone's gonna have one, it's gonna work out. And it, it isn't like having the Istio trademark, while it is great technology and maybe you should be very proud of it. Um, it isn't moving the needle. It's not like people, oh, no. they've got Istio. Now I'm gonna start going over and using their specific that, version yeah, of that, Kubernetes. That's kind of my point. It's yeah. like 
I, I do not want to interface with Istio. Like I, I, you know, as a consumer of these products, it's like I got enough problems. You right. know, I assume that whatever you have under the covers is going to work, and I'm not going to run it on site. And what I want is, you know, the Kubernetes pod definition. That's the only API I want to care about. You know, please don't make me care about plumbing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and no, I think you're right. And I think that's it. Kind of just comes back to the catalog. When you, I go to your when I log into the cloud catalog, does it have everything I want? Do I know how to use it? Does it is it reliable? That's all I really care about. So all this other stuff, like don't get distracted with, and, and I think that would be the counter argument to all this stuff. Just don't get distracted about Istio and maybe AWS and others. That's where they see it. It's just like we're not going to bother with it. It doesn't matter. We're just going to we yeah. we're going to have a service mesh. It's going to work fine. We don't care about this trademark. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over time, especially as more people rotate in. Of, of, of course, if you know if they were trying to, if they didn't think it didn't matter they just keep using the istio stuff yeah but apparently people do think it matters or they're worried they're worried to the point where they're like well throw a couple engineers at it we'll do it differently we'll write it in rust it'll be fine (laughs) we'll write it in rust like that so well i I, you know because they're thank uh so mozilla announced some layoffs this week yep um uh 250 or so people and, uh, yeah, there are a lot of really capable Rust developers on the market. And uh, apparently most of their developer relations team is on the market. So, um, you know, everyone I've ever worked with who was at Mozilla or, you know, ended up at Mozilla has been um, really great. So uh, hire those folks up now because uh, I think they're all very high caliber people. All right. Do it. Find them. Find them. They're all on Twitter. Sounds good. All right, Matt, I wanted to, I, you know, we can't close in on an episode. I always feel like we got a little Matt's corner we got to talk about here. Matt, one, I wanted to <laughs> let you, I wanted to personally let you know on the podcast, Google's shutting down Google Music. What Are you are you, are you surprised and sad? <laughs> well, it had been, what, a week since they shut something down? So, you know, I mean, there's probably a big dartboard where they just, you know, oh, look where it landed. Um, I got to be honest with you, I've never used Google Music. I never, I, I, I have no idea. Did I vaguely knew it existed and then someone told me i guess it's becoming youtube music i'm like i this is me i am totally captured by the apple ecosystem i'm like i just have no idea that's even went there so i'm not gonna miss it didn't know didn't know much about it but i guess if you were on google if you're on android i assume people use it and like it but i don't don't know i'm 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 this you know luddite who still has mp3s and uh i don't do a lot of streaming um so I, I just figure this is an opportunity to buy Spotify and just plug it in there, right? Yeah, let's do that. Um, that, would be, that would be a cool accident. <laughs> hey, listen, I do think we have an idea, though. Could we reassign the Google Music uh, engineering team? Could they go back on Google Reader? Any chance we could? Any chance we could trade that no, out? Like no, I'm, no, a, I'm, no. I'm always, I, I still miss Google Reader. I mean, to, I mean, it's been like ten years, and I'm still a little, a little sad about that. You know, you could probably do a pretty good. If you could convince Google to sell you the products they've killed, that's probably a pretty, pretty viable business. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, look, I have this crazy idea for a SaaS. We'll call it Moogle Reader. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll just end of life Google products. They find new homes and turns out they live. And then, of course, you know, Google buys You'd have a lot. You'd have Google Reader. You'd have again. Google Plus. Yeah. Orkut. Is Orkut still going? you have Orkut. You'd have uh, Google Music. Yeah, that's maybe Brazil. So I don't. All right, so that's a good. I like it. Free free ideas from Matt. Just like a private equity firm solely built around buying the things Google decides to to kill off. All right, Matt. Then the last thing I just want to give you the final word on this. You know, you're the expert yes. here on uh, oh, Nvidia good. and ARM. What do you think? Is is uh, Nvidia buying ARM? Is that a good home for ARM? Are we for or against that? 
Uh, well, so, so SoftBank is, um, in a cash crunch and, you know, trying to, uh, get some of their money back on their various investments. And ARM is one of the more attractive things that they, they have a lot of. And so they are potentially shopping, uh, that around. NVIDIA kind of makes sense as an acquirer, uh, just because, you know, they, they're one of the big licensors. So is Apple. Uh, so are lots of other companies. Um, I, I think that that would be. I can I can see why Nvidia would want that. It lets them control their future a, a little bit more, but it kind of raises the specter of does that kill the golden goose, right? Because if 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 you give if you if ARM goes to one of the largest licensees of 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 it, do they try to put their finger on the scale and you know? make it harder for their licensees. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe this gives more uh, power to the, the, the risk fee people. Um, probably not, but, uh, well, I like the idea, I guess, evidently the CEO of NVIDIA, people think he's obviously done a good job as CEO. I've heard he's very yeah, hard, hard yeah, to work like, with. That's what I've just kind of heard that. I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, but I guess one of the things that was rumored that at some point Intel thought about buying NVIDIA, and that was like, no, the CEO was like, he's, he's like, I'm only, he would only do it if he became the CEO of Intel. And at the time that was crazy, but now yeah. NVIDIA and Intel are actually <laughs> rival market caps or about, I don't know, maybe even NVIDIA is a little bit more. The so I like, wow. I do like the idea of maybe NVIDIA kind of taking the mantle of like, we're going to be the, the company that designs and builds great arm chips like Apple, but they sell them to everyone. Like I think that's like an interesting competition to start up. So I don't know if they're they're up for it. You know, I don't know if that's exactly, but it seems like that mentality, at least of that executive leadership team, is like, yeah, we're going to take it on, and we're going to go out and build ARM chips that are just as good as Apple, or at least comparable. Right? Maybe not just as good, but or Apple Silicon, as they say, right? right. Are just as good. So that would be interesting because it seems like Intel at this point. You know, clearly it seems like they're fading, right? That the x86 is becoming less important. Intel used to be the the best at manufacturing all that. That seems like on the decline. So maybe NVIDIA is the the person to step in and like really go head to head with Apple in, well, in, well, in moving the ARM architecture ahead. Yeah, it it opens another front on the on the the chip wars. You know, because you've like uh, as, as someone who uh, um, was a fan of AMD long time ago and then they you know had the, the rough times and uh, they've been on a tear lately it's like there's a really strong competition for intel and this opens another front <laughs> you know if if you have a large competitor like nvidia who they have already been getting you know more and more competitive with with intel um now you've got you know intel amd nvidia and apple all making cpus all making video chips you know apple has uh been I, I think in their new uh their new platform you know the apple silicon includes video you know um so they you know they're pulling away from needing amd or uh nvidia to provide those chips as well um i'm sure they'll still use them for the high end but right. you know if, if you can get more embedded stuff uh you it's more stuff you get to keep in your pocket <laughs> so it, it's nice to see competition um among these, you know, Goliaths. I like it. I, I don't know. I just, I'm with you. I like it. Let's see more competition. Let's go in video. I just hope they don't mess it up. I, yeah. I, you know, that, that's the thing. I, is, um, which, you know, I, I, I do, you know, 
now now that arm is so mainstream i guess i need to go start looking at the risk fee stuff because you know their their play is they don't license per core which is why you see like these you know 128 core uh risk fee chips coming out that are just you know massive amounts of, of cpus because the arm stuff is still um <coughs> my understanding is you know every every core you put out arm gets a cut uh so you know they're they're less likely to try exotic architectures. I like man, only you. You're like now that arms mainstream. Yeah, it's for, it's pretty mainstream. <laughs> like I, I only can only look I, forward to like that. It's just it's too it's too many people know. I about like it now. I like having more choices. And oh. so yes, I, more choices, more more weird stuff. More choices, but it doesn't matter. More choices, but Matt's always going to the newest, most obscure thing. So risk V. I look forward to talking about that in the next five years when when that becomes Working really popular. All right, Matt. Uh, let's see here. What's going on? Got a couple conferences that people can go to. So I think I mentioned it earlier. Our friends at KubeCon, August seventeenth and twentieth. So that'll be next week. Maybe we've, uh, hopefully we'll have some big announcements. Give us some good content for the show. You should check out GitLab Commit. Our friend Jordy wants you to go there. That one's on August twenty sixth. Cote we're here. He tell you to go to Spring One Platform, September second and sub and September third. Matt, you got any gunning conferences? Got anything happening in your world? I'm going nowhere. Yep. I'm staying home. Me too. I'm going nowhere. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, you know, zoom into some of these meetings, as the kid says. Uh, Matt, we did. We were lucky enough to get some feedback this week. So I sent some stickers to Sachin in uh, what's NSW in Australia? Is that North? What New is South that? Wales. New South Wales. So thank you. Yep. Thank That's you for where uh, Sydney is. Yep. So thank you uh, to Sachin. He's got some stickers. Also sent some stickers. To Jesse in Georgia, and he says, "Matt, he says we're like family. Well, we appreciate that. You know that, that we, we consider him family too. And I'll, I'll let you click on it. Colin uh, tweeted at us uh, as a, a nice, funny tweet during the week. See, that's a, a lesson for the, or an exercise for the listener. Go out there <clears throat> and see what Colin said. Um, this is this first time you've joined us? Well, you know what? You can get more of us by joining us in Slack, uh, of course. And now that we're on uh, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram." LinkedIn, Matt, have you been watching our, our Twitch feed? Are we are we up to like a couple million? What are we at simultaneous? Like, are we over a hundred thousand? <laughs> like, what what are our numbers at? Uh, well, they 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 peaked early uh-huh. and plateaued. Plateaued. Okay. All right. We'll just leave it but at that. Then they've they've stayed constant. They stayed so constant. Leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. Then so you know, go yes, for it. Yes. Um, but I, I failed to mention before, if you want a sticker though, because you want something on your laptop and like uh, Sachin yep. and Jesse, this is what you do. Email your postal address to me at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I will be happy to uh, mail you a sticker pretty much anywhere in the world. And, you know, one other final plug here. Uh, we, uh, we had the uh, – I got, I got with the marketing team. We had the whole kickoff. We've produced – we built out our whole uh, marketing presentation material. We now have an official Software Defined Talk rate card. You can go to our website, click on Sponsor. Ooh. You can actually – we look we look like legit. You can look at it. It explains how nice. to buy ads. It explains why you should buy ads. So, so if you want to forward this on to your marketing or your demand generation people, the growth team, that's what it's called now, Matt. That's what the growth team is now. That's what they're doing. Forward all that on uh, and uh, buy us some ads and we'll you know, advertise yeah. your, your product or your service or, or really whatever it is ha- you have. Happy to talk about Fortnite Epic. <laughs> that's right the Fortnite advertisement is free epic Fortnite don't worry about it out there as well that's right number one monitoring number one Fortnite. it's, <laughs> it's right. quite the intersection it's, it's quite the crossover yeah yeah check out the media kit I, I explained it all to you all right matt with all that said what is your recommendation yes. this week well uh unbeknownst to our uh listeners um 
I am testing out. Uh, I, I saw somebody mentioned that Google Docs has a uh, what do they call this thing? A voice typing um, option, and uh, I turned it on, and it kind of works. It keeps turning off, which is annoying. So um, I don't know if you like playing around with this stuff. It uh, well, I, I accidentally clicked somewhere and it just ruined the whole doc. So whatever. Uh, I've been recording my side of the podcast. We'll put the transcript up. You can decide if you like it or not. Um, it might be fun to try out. Uh, you know, it keeps getting better, but I'm sure Google will kill it as soon as it becomes useful. <laughs> No, that's not a Matt is Ray. Is that a pick? I don't know. If that is not a Matt Ray recommendation, I don't know what is. Uh, definitely check it out. All right. Well, my recommendation this week, somewhat simpler, uh, wireless charging. So I bought this. Uh, it was on, uh, I think it was on Woot. And it was like two for 20 bucks, this wireless charger. And I was, I've always been like, yeah, it feels novel. I don't know if it really, I would ever use it. But I, I got it and I have to say, love it. I put the wireless charger dock like right here next to my computer. When I sit down, I just take my phone out. I put it on there. It, it, it's charged. And it's actually an incredibly useful second screen. I guess it never occurred to me. It's like, oh, it is actually nice to just be able to glance over at the phone, uh, especially if you've got like the automated doorbell and you're like, oh, is that the FedEx person? And then you can pop up and see who's at the door. Don't miss your calls. So I'm surprised. I, get, I don't know why I'm surprised. Sometimes just taking away wires is just magical. It just makes everything that much better. So if you haven't tried the wireless charging, it's also pretty cheap. So I got this for, as I said, two for 20, I think. So 10 bucks, really enjoy it. Go find the Anchor wireless charger. All right. Well, want to thank all the people that watch us on Twitch. Thousands of people. Don't <laughs> worry. As the show ends, we'll have some special content for you here in just a moment. And with that... We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. All right. All right, Matt. Should, should, we, should we play some music now for the, uh, for the Twitch streamers? Did, did, we, did we look? Did, did we actually get anyone? Let's make sure we respond to all the... We got uh, five, man. Uh, we, we got five. We got comments from, like, four people. Well, we should be streaming. Oh, there some, you go. Some now we got Van, the, Van Halen. I don't, I don't have Van, Van Halen. Van Panama. All I got is uh, I got the software-defined talk theme. <laughs> and then I got I got the TikTok for everybody. I don't know I don't know yes. Matt I don't know what the rules are about copyright. That's the other thing we need to learn. Like I don't know how long we can play this stuff. If we played Van Halen, would we be blacklisted off Twitch? I'm willing to take that that risk. <laughs> That's right. Wait, what do I need to do to get kicked off of TikTok? <laughs>